Hey, very good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Sean. This is Alex. Hey, listen to another episode of Coast of Kings Radio. Today's episode is Inside Kings Dominion, which pretty much means we're going to take you on a grand tour of this Cedar Fair Park in Doswell, Virginia. Ever heard of Doswell before? No. No? See, well, neither. actually, that's a lie, because I didn't throw Kings Dominion. Okay. Either way, we're going to discuss its history a little bit, do a grand tour around the park, discuss all the rides, all the good stuff. Um, how about a little history lesson from Mr. Alexander? <laughs> King's Dominion opened May 3rd, 1975. The name is derived from the name of its sister park, King's Island, and the nickname of the state of Virginia, Old Dominion. Originally operated by Family Leisure Centers, a partnership formed between Taft Broadcasting Company and Top Value Enterprises. So that's interesting. All right. Do you know how King's Island got its name, though? You tell me. History buff. Because <laughs> it's in Kings Mill, Ohio. And it is the relocation slash reincarnation of Coney Island, Coney Island Boom. in Cincinnati. Back to King's Dominion. The original focus of the park was on Lion Country Safari, a giant safari, which actually had, didn't it have one of those suspended monorail Yeah, it suspended thingies? monorail. King's Island did too. Never know. I never thought it was a good idea to put a suspended monorail through an animal exhibit, you know, wild times. I think it was suspended. Maybe it was a regular monorail. And then from 1983 to 1992, the park was operated as part of the King's Entertainment Company. Uh, notable additions during that time included Shockwave, Avalanche, which is still around as Reptilian, and Anaconda. Shockwave was a stand-up Togo that's no longer around. Well, it's around somewhere else, Italy. Yeah. But Wait, no, that's sorry, the that's the wrong one. Where's that right now? Is this the Amalus period? Yeah. That's not it, the They killer. couldn't find a buyer. She did. Yeah. Uh, 1983 <laughs> to 2006 were the Paramount years. So Paramount there years. Paramount Parks. Notable additions in this year include Hurler, Outer Limits, Flight of Fear, Kidsville and Scooby-Doo Coaster, Volcano the Blast Coaster, Hypersonic XLC, Ricochet, also known as Apple Zapple these days, Tomb Raider, Firefall, oh, yeah. also gone, Top Drop Top. Tower, Italian Job Turbo Coaster, also known as Black Coaster, Stunt Coaster, Black Lot Stunt Coaster. I mean, half of the stuff ain't even around anymore, but it was a good time right, in those 13 years. Right, the Turbo Coaster. And then uh, since 2007, obviously Cedar Fair is operating the park since then. Notable addition since then has been Halloween Haunts. I actually added that seasonal event, which is pretty successful. Dominator, Intimidated 305, Windseeker, Twisted Timbers, and now Tumbili. A lot of rides. We're discussing them all. A lot of stuff. My first visit to King's Dominion was in right in, as they were transitioning into Cedar Fair. So it was like a little bit between Paramount, a little bit between Cedar Fair. I, I mean, I will job. say that my favorite Cedar Fair parks are the Paramount parks. Yeah. California's Great America. Um, Kings Island, Kings Dominion, Carowinds, and um, Canada's Wonderland are in there too. There is there was a certain way that Paramount operated their parks, and the way that they looked, and the way that they were shaped, and landscapes. They and were always very polished. And it's good, and especially I think for me, Kings Dominion, Kings Island, and California's Good America are, are like the top three for Super me. Super sharp, yeah, yeah, really sharp. All right, so let's dive right into are it. We, are we taking? We're taking our tour. We're, we're starting our Grand International tour. Street. Something I love about King's Dominion is they waste absolutely no fucking time. You enter the park, boom, Intamin Looping Starship, themed to a boat, an old boat. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I mean, and it's it's been like that for a while. And even before then, to the immediately to your right, they used to have a, they had a scrambler at one point, right there on International Street too. Oh really? Yeah, I don't think I've seen that. I kind of like that. That was years and years and years ago, but. I actually discovered that on a park map. But I like that's something I really like about this park is that you come in and it is like instantly the last Intamin looping ship ride in the Western Hemisphere now is this one. 
And it's also like the little hood ornament to Dominator, which is also just like, boom, right there. Your front lawn, amazing roller coaster, sort of a parking lot coaster, except they actually treated the ground for it with like grass and stuff. So it wouldn't look too, uh, parking lotty. Um, and then of course the Eiffel Tower at the end of International Street with the, the fountains and so during the most trees. during our most recent visit, unfortunately, Eiffel Tower wasn't open. It was during our visit prior. It's actually one of my favorite attractions, despite it not being anything close to like the real Eiffel Tower and its look. It's kind of a lie, like it's inspired by um, the music is incredible, mm-hmm. and there's nothing better than taking photographs with a nice camera from the Eiffel Tower or it's enjoying the wind. So I was a little bummed that it was close this visit. No reason why listed anywhere. I yeah. guess maintenance would be the excuse. Uh, I did miss it ha- having it open. And then as far as Dominator goes, is it the best Florida's in the world? No, because I would still give it to Superman. Um, La Tracheau de Acero at Parker Warner Madrid. But it's high up there. It has amazing pacing. Everything's just kind of such a large skill. It's still the longest in the world, despite mm-hmm. not really doing all that much. But... <laughs> The high speed tour and after the five first inversions, loop? somehow yeah, it's just the longest. Um, yeah, it's easily my favorite in the country. Although I really, really like Rougarou. It's hard for me to pick. Okay, fair. Between the two of those, it's ironic because they're both really odd as far as the floorless coaster formula goes. Because like typically they have a zero G roll. They've got you know they follow like the Kumba format more or less. That's actually what Superman in Spain does too. But these two, both of them are 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 kind of odd. Um, yeah, Dominator was running great. A fabulous ride. A great way to start your day. Although a lot of people feel that way, which is why that ride absolutely gets inundated with people at Rope Drop. It would actually beseech you to skip Dominator on your way in, uh, and go probably straight to Intimidator. But on our tour of King's Dominion, we're actually going to start, once now that we've, we've reached the Eiffel Tower, we're going to continue counterclockwise. Yeah, we're going to go to Old Virginia first. This probably doesn't mean anything to you because I don't think people really go by parks anymore and like think of the areas. Like the areas. But technically speaking, Kings Dominion does have it separated this one, in areas. Kings Dominion is, well, they've really reinvested in like the identities of their areas with like Expedition Jungle X, Explorer. And, yeah, Jungle Explorer and Candy Apple Grove. And Old Virginia, For if you're wondering, it's the, it, it's the part of the park that is to the right of the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, it's Jungle Expedition. It's the only part of the park that's, like, right of the Eiffel Tower when you walk in, and it's the only part of the park that is, like, a forest. Yeah, it's funny. Unlike King's Island, it's not as circular, but the, um, even King's Island's a little lopsided. King's Island's King's Dominion is very lopsided. King's Dominion, everything is to the left. But yeah, let's start with Old Virginia. How do you pronounce that name? Shenandoah. Shenandoah Lumber Company. Really, really cute log flume. Not, not very long, but, like, super fun. Um, and then they've got their Rapids ride, of course, too. Um, and the obligatory Paramount era Extreme Skyflyer. And, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to poke you with the pen. That was not intentional. <laughs> Your little face just now. Like, what did I do? Uh, and then the Grizzly, which um, has received a lot of track work. And the first drop reprofile on the Grizzly is awesome. But now they need to, like, fix the back half of the ride because... It's great until, like, two-thirds of the way in, and then it starts to, like, really punish you. For so something. one thing I will say is that this is, like, one of the cutest areas in the park because it's so forested. They got the little There's car trees ride everywhere, too, the and they have the ride. car ride. Um, Grizzly is the same layout as California's Great America. No, it's not. It's the it's crazier sort, version. Yeah. Great America is just the nerfed version. 
Yeah, That's so what they have the Australia got too the nerfed version. Ours uh, is ours like wildebeest. Or is wildebeest also wildebeest nerfed? and grizzly are. Yeah, okay. So wildebeest again is Wonderland, yeah. and then grizzly here at um, King's Dominion. Yeah, King's Dominion and King's those are the, the good ones. The cool like extra elements version of the of that layout. The Coney Island Wildcat. And the nice thing about this is that it's in the forest. First of all, it's been most of your track, like Alex just mentioned. So they made the first drop steeper, which was a big surprise. Yeah. Remember, we were like, oh my yeah. God, this is like, crazy. The drop took us, like, totally took our breaths away. It was very good. And they brought it all the way down to the ground. And the airtime on that thing is wild. I also remember that we wrote it in a rainy day in June a couple years ago, and it was like flying. I was yeah. out of my seat on the seat divider. It still has that <laughs> vibe. Like, it's still flying. You're Delicious. out of your seat, like, the whole ride. Yeah. You wouldn't think much of it, especially not since the ride to have the access through the gift shop. Like, who do who even thinks about that's it? That's such a funny... You know, it's such a weird vibe, but really, really good ride. And doesn't really have a line because it's not easy to get to, not easy to find, kind of hidden. Um, great rides on it recently. Really enjoyed it. They do need to fix the second half or like the last third. The approach into the last turnaround is like very... But everything very else is so incredibly smooth. Yeah. It's running great. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a really nice... It's probably the nicest area of the park, in my opinion, just because the trees are so full. And there's just some really cute fixtures there feels very unspoiled in How about a way the water rides? what do you think of those i really liked the, the log flume a lot i don't remember it well because i didn't ride it last time you yeah, ride it i guess it's just very scenic um it's most of it is buried into the ground unlike king's islands which um has like a slightly elevated trough that kind of floats around the king's dominions is, is you have a lift into a small drop that brings you back down the ground level and you and you float right at, at at ground level until you take the second lift hill up into into the major drop. But it's just so serene and and elegant in its own way there. The Rapids ride did we even did we ride the Rapids ride? We rode it the first time. So we did ride it together in twenty eighteen. I remember it being good. I mean it's 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 kinda of hidden. Yeah. Even it's there unless it's less on yeah. it. It's kind of like this the the park's the, the park feels a lot a little bit like King's Island in this regard because you've got the Rapids Ride and the Log Flume are sort of in the same basic location at both parks in relationship to each other. I'm trying to make sure that like I'm not remembering King's Island's version of something when it's actually King's Dominion's version that I'm trying to recall. But King's Dominion stuff is a lot more like unspoiled. Now you've got like Mystic Timbers and stuff all around the King's Island uh, water ride compliment, but the ones at King's Dominion are a lot more secluded. Right. Like, you can't even see the Rapids ride from Midway. You, you have to, you you have really, really have to know, know that it's go. there. Yeah. The Log Flume is, is, has great curb appeal. The Rapids ride... It's funny because the two biggest water rides are both kind of hidden in yeah, the forest. Yeah, totally hidden. Um, next up, we have Candy Apple Grove, which was also relaunched. If you heard any sort of crazy noise, that was our cat jumping to the cat tree. Thanks, Doing Bongo. a top throw dragster. <laughs> yeah, a top throw dragster, too. Top throw, too. <laughs> too. Uh, anyway, so Candy Apple Grove was relaunched, I think, in 2018 to kind of bring back mm-hmm. the vibes of that old part of the park. Um, home to Windseeker, the Cedar <laughs> Fair staple. I, I think it was operating on our first visit. It wasn't operating the last visit. The tower rides were, did not come to work They did us. not come to work. It wasn't no that windy. Tower, no Windseeker, no Drop Tower. Yeah, so uh, that was unfortunate. I mean, I like Windseekers, but I feel like I almost never see them open. Every time I see their but, point, uh, it's not open. King's Island, I've ridden that one a couple of times. That's about it. Windseekers are a hard credit to get these mm-hmm. days. 
So what I love about Candy Apple Grove is it's actually a giant area made up of at least two areas. The original Candy Apple Grove was like the midway, the, the kind of Coney Island-esque midway between the Skyride Station and Rebel Yell on one side and like the Singing Mushrooms on the opposite side. Uh, and the area that Twisted Timbers is in and Apple's Apple, which are now like the, like the focal point of this area. Where originally, as far as I know, I don't I don't think there was anything there before. But in 1994, it was the Wayne's World area of the park. So for a while, it was two separate areas, and now it's one big super area. This is a nice area with a lot of rides, a lot of things to do. Twisted Timbers is my least favorite RMC. I think it's also yours. Well, that far down there, I mean, I don't hate it that much. Is there an RMC that you like? Less than um, that one, maybe maybe Storm Chaser, just because Kentucky Kingdom is so ugly. But it's hard to say. I don't really think of RMCs much, and like which one do I hate the most? Um, funny enough, you think I would, but I don't. Um, so I don't really know where it ranks exactly. I haven't given it that much thought. Um, I do remember liking it better this time than last time. I remember thinking, okay, these. Um, I love the inverting drop. That's one of my favorite elements. Having. Um, that really smooth gliding turn in between the little airtime moments and the three big airtime like hills. The, like, when it started, we were like, okay, this yeah, is better than I remember. remember. And then by the time it was over, I was it like, It sounds oh, good checking, but I have that yeah. feeling in a lot of RMCs. Um, one thing we have to respect about this ride is that it is much longer than the original ride, which is really unique. RMCs are usually not longer than the originals. Um, I think it's the only one, if not maybe... Um, Untamed maybe longer than Robin Hood, but other than that, I think all the other ones are shorter yeah, than the original. It was certainly the first one to be. It was the first for sure. It was a big marketing push than the original ride. I like its inversions. I really like the locker system they implemented. Oh so yeah. Now it's a locker mandatory ride, but the way it works kind of like Philosophy it's a two-way locker system. So you show up, you put in like this little combination of like a color and like a picture or whatever. That's it's kind of like a game. And then you get a ride, it's a little locker for the ride. It's big enough for like your phone and keys and wallet. Like a bunch of small little lockers on this giant wall. And then you go through metal detector to get on so they verify that you don't have anything on you. And then you get to pick it up on the other side. Um, I really liked that system. I kind of hope to see it a lot more Cedar, Far- Cedar Fair Parks very soon. I wouldn't mind not to verify on getting on that game because they do not do ride lockers. And I am a ride locker person. Yeah. I do get ride lockers. I do yeah. pay extra for them. Love to have my stuff not getting stolen mm-hmm. and not at me if I can help it. So that was actually really beneficial. Overall, I didn't mind Twisted Timbers, but yeah, it's not that great of a ride for yeah. me. Yeah, when it was over, I couldn't wait for it to, to, to be done. Like, the, the back half of it, it just gets worse and worse and more gut checks and kidney pummeling. But, you know, some people were into that. It's fine. I really love this park's collection of coasters. Like, Twisted Timbers is... It definitely helps. Just not for me. It just definitely helps rounding up that, uh, rounding out that park's lineup. There's lots to do, lots to see, and it is a nice aesthetic. They gave that, they gave Hurler such an upgrade. It's almost unrecognizable. Um, yeah, and that makes the one at Carowind seem very dated and very ugly. Especially Cedar Fair. Like when they did Twisted Timbers, people were surprised at, at the thematic prowess of of that project. Like they really went all out to give. The ride and aesthetic, and it's well maintained too. Like it's been open five years, and the area around the ride, all of the thematic touches are still in great shape. So I want to give credit where credit is due. It's a really like attractive ride that's 
seems to be well maintained and it has a great aesthetic. It's just, I was it also pretty good when we were there last night. Right, it's just not for me. It is not my cup of tea. And Apple's Apple is cute too. We didn't write it this time, but it's you know, it's a large park Mac mouse. Typical, typical stuff. We rode. There was one one side of Racer seventy five was down, but we rode the other side. It was not busy. The park was not busy. Normally, I would be annoyed because like I like for my racing coasters to race. It was running well though because I remember in twenty eighteen yep. they had just retracted and I was like, okay, this mm-hmm. is good. But I was very scared of you know it being years later of it not running that well. Um, so that was good. One thing I do have to say about that is that the entrance and exit situation is so weird. A lot of people are going up the exit thinking that's the entrance. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, that's kind of wild about that ride. And um, there's absolutely no shortcut in that queue. You even have to walk all the way around. Basically, if you're trying to ride a wooden ghost or King's Dominion, for like, sure, look for the luck. entrance and that's a clear <laughs> entrance sign. Yeah. It's not very self They make you work for it. And I think about it's kind of funny how those three wooden ghosts all used to kind of touch each other. Yeah. They were all in this little half moon of wooden coasters. That was it, like a wall of wood. That's the other thing. I, Twisted Timbers was a great candidate. Like, Hurler was a great candidate for an RMC remodel for a park that already had two, three superior wooden coasters. And Hurler was totally an unnecessary addition for that park, if you ask me. I think they only did it because they're like, ooh, wooden coasters. It's something that they were Having doing. Having Hurler next to Grizzly makes no sense. Yeah. Grizzly's like the better version yeah. of Hurler. Like well, that's similar. what I'm saying. I think yeah. they, just, they just did it because like Bush yeah, Gardens wasn't doing wooden coasters. They're like, oh, we're doing something different. Like, this is cool. So it was the perfect choice for an RMC, even though I don't like the ride. It's like a perfect compliment to the lineup. It's perfect in every way, except I personally don't enjoy it. You don't, don't <laughs> love to see that. Um, drop Tower is also in Candy Apple Grove, and I love this Drop Tower here. It has those weird seats that are all like on this giant, almost like a, like a like bike a wheel. wheel. And uh, the seats are all pushed out very far. It's called a ring drop. Like an and it's called that because drop. it's much more aerodynamic, right? So like mm-hmm. it falls better, or like mm-hmm. it doesn't catch any wind. I remember being a really good drop tower when we rode in 2018. Unfortunately, it was closed this year. Um, and I think it's a bit closed because the famous video on yeah, TikTok of the possum living on the ride. Girl, she ain't dropping yeah. that, that drop height every time. I think they should retheme it to like an apple falling from a, ch- a tall tree. The apple. No, apple that's fall. too much for me. Rotten apple. I mean, give it like a cute tree look, maybe. Yeah. You know how like Great America, Great America gave it like, it's like modern, like yeah. more. They painted it to look like naturalistic a tree. We look. love that. I think Drop Tower. I think that would be a cute Candy apple. The candy apple tree. And in general, the area is pretty nice. You also yeah. have um, a couple more flat rides there. You get the Ferris wheel. Mm-hmm. And then you have Delirium, which is the pendulum ride that replaced Shockwave. Yeah, a Mondial. Yeah, it's actually quite a good ride, though. I yeah. remember liking a ride on it. It's. Very seated fair dressed up, so you know, boat sails over concrete queue. Primary but, colors, um, and also orange. Exactly, but <laughs> it does look good. Like, it looks clean. It's a nice addition to the area. Lots of flats here. If you're looking for a good flat ride collection, this whole Kenny Apple Grove, if everything's operating, is honestly yeah. um, a good, nice selection. Yeah, of when the rides. tower rides come to work, Kings Dominion has a pretty solid flat ride collection. I wonder if we could spend it early in the season. That why, that's why some of the stuff wasn't open, because... We that early in the season. Yeah, that's true. It was mid-June. The yeah. school's definitely out. But it was also, we got a cheap ticket. That week was like the last week of cheap tickets. Oh, that gets And that's then true. everything went up. I wonder I guess if, it could have been a staffing thing. Yeah, I wonder if it was staffing. Like the colleges weren't done yet or whatever. And so all the college, or like the European seasonal workers weren't there yet because it wasn't summer in Europe yeah. yet. I was, I'm just thinking out loud. Something like that. It doesn't, didn't yeah. seem like they were staffed that well. Yeah. All right. And then we have 
I'm like, I have Backlot Stunt Coaster in its own little... It isn't part of any land. Well... I looked it up, but it's not part of Jungle Expedition, and it's not part of anything else. They don't They don't consider... What... But what about um, Flight of Fear and Intimidator? Are they in Jungle Expedition, too? No, they... I guess in their special corner, they're literally. Special... Because they also don't have corner. a land that they're part of. And they refuse to put them in Jungle Expedition. Well... But they can't put Backlot with Flight, for Flight of Fear and Intimidator, because Anaconda, Anaconda which is the jungle... Them. Jungle Energy, yeah, she right in the middle. Is in the middle. So, anywho, Planet Snoopy's next, though. Okay, in line. We're we gonna have to go through even, Planet Snoopy. We didn't even go to Planet Snoopy. We've been there before. We There's two major attractions there. Planted, planted, planted Snoopy. Um, it like, isn't about our one visit. This is about the park in general. I Let's know, talk about it's it. It's true. Inside Kings of Me. This is I love that the entrance to Planet Snoopy from Candy Apple Grove has that '90s Kings Entertainment thing going on, like Paramount, like Nickelodeon. That, like that big steel looking thing marquee that's there. Yeah. Uh-huh. The area that is so my childhood. It makes me nostalgic. Yeah, kind of like a science museum. It's that. hilarious that it's still there. Um, but yeah, Planet Snoopy, it's, you know, it is what it is. Um, it's, the thing about the Planet Snoopy areas is I feel like it's sort of their way of saying, like, we don't have a cohesive theme for these rides. It's not like Camp Snoopy where everything is themed to, like, being in summer camp. Right. They're like, we. these rides are themed to all sorts of random shit that the Peanuts kids are using their imaginations or whatever, where they're like, stock car driving or flying an airplane. And, it, you know, it, it works in its own way. But, like, Carowinds got their Camp Snoopy retheme, and, the, and then Michigan's Adventure got theirs. I hope Kings Dominion gets theirs, too. Yeah, because the original Camp Snoopy like so at Nuts Bear Farm is... One of the best, if not the best, so kitty areas in the yeah. world. It's so pretty. It's so nicely landscaped. They relaunched in 2014. Chef's Kiss. It's a beautiful place. I love yeah. I love Camp Snoopy there. And having Sierra Sidewind as part of Camp Snoopy is honestly pretty good. That's a great family coaster. Mm-hmm. But it's not a nuts show, so I guess we'll go back. Uh, Woodstock Express, Scooby-Doo coaster that we mentioned earlier. Yeah, they have their obligatory trio of... Kings Entertainment Kitty Coasters. I will say, I kind of like their Kids Entertainment. I mean, the, 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 the Kids Kitty Coasters. Yeah. They're good. Uh, they're missing the Vacoma Family Invert, though. Oh, God. It would have been such a good fit for the park. They're, this one in Great America are the two that didn't get the Kitty Invert. Flight of No Fear? Yeah. <laughs> and, then, I guess, and then you have Boo Blasters. On Boo Hill. On Boo Hill. Which, that is not actually a hill. It's Well, it's a weird hill to die on where to locate That's it. That's one of the most... Because it's like right over by like the Picnic Grove and Dominator and that little walkway there. Kings Dominion does have stuff in some weird places. Like some parks feel very deliberate in their locations of things. But Kings Dominion always seems like they just kind of put stuff where like like there was no other choice and they just it had to go here. But I love that the Action Theater, the former Paramount Action Theater, immediately to the right of the Eiffel Tower in Old Virginia. Obviously, we talked about the Intamin Looping Starship attached to International Street. And you have Boo Blasters on Blue, Blue Hill, which is just, like, in the most, like, random corner. Like, like you really have to know that it's there. And the biggest thing for me is there was a time where Dominator wasn't dominating that walkway there. Yeah. So, like, how would you get there before? You know? Like, that must have been an awkward way to get over there. What's funny is that Midway was always there. It just wasn't always open until they added Dominator and made it, like, a permanently open part of the infrastructure. Mm. But it used to just be an artery to connect the um, picnic pavilions directly to International Street so that you wouldn't have to go through Camp Snoopy or whatever 
Hanna-Barbera land or whatever the Kitty area was at the time. But I was looking at like these old pictures of, of Bush Garden or of Bush Gardens of King's Dominion, and that midway was always there. Interesting. It feels like such a like afterthought middle. I guess the reason the midway was always there is because the picnic pavilion for all the special events is at the end of that walkway. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that was just a way for everyone to get to the picnic yeah. area instead of find their way through some kid area. Exactly. Um, but yeah, Planet Snoopy is kind of it's. It's just there. It's it's really right in the center of everything. Just funny because in Kings Island, it's it's kind of off to the side. It's its own little annex in a way. But at Kings Dominion, you are really orbiting Planet Snoopy. <laughs> That's funny. by by riding everything else. No around pun intended. It. Yeah. Um, and then you have you have Backlot Stunt Coaster. So yeah, Backlot Stunt Coaster part of of course Bat- the Stunt Corner three builds, which were Canada's Wonderland, Kings Island, Kings Dominion. All part of the I love these rides. Italian job. What's it called again? Italian job. Italian stunt job stunt coaster. coaster or turbo coaster. A turbo coaster is what it was. Yeah. Um, Backlot stunt coaster is a cute name. I like all of them. I find them comfortable. I find them intense. Funny enough, that first helix after you launch a giant upward helix, super intense, really. Um, and then you know, thematically very cute indoor portion. This one is running really well, and I was surprised by how fast it launches off the mid course where there is a launch located to go into the tunnel, and then you mm-hmm. come out of the billboard. Yeah. And there was some crazy air on that. I was like, wow, I did not remember that yeah. being this good. Funny enough, the fire effects are working on the right. You just can't see them when you're <laughs> on the right, because they don't happen until the train launches away, which you only see off-ride. But um, overall, I really enjoyed this ride. And if not, feel like maybe they need to touch up some of the theming a little bit. It's still one of those perfect family coasters, one of those like Paramount last hurrahs, because the ad is like right before the parks were yeah. sold to Cedar yeah, Fair. Yeah, this one was only and Italian it was job for two years. Such a Cedar Fair ride. Like, I'm sorry, it was such a Paramount ride. Such mm-hmm. a like movie studio, movie themed IP rolled into it. It's a good ride. I have nothing else to say, but I enjoyed the ride. It was so ahead of its time. Think of a family multi-launch coaster. Yeah. Is now, like, every park in the world wants a family multi-launch coaster. And Paramount Parks was building these things 20 years ago. I feel like they're reliable, too, because I never see one down. It does yeah. use the old launch system, like Flight of Fear, but yeah. it's not, like, at any, by any means a detractor or anything. It's definitely a little bit of an older-style launch coaster, but... Yeah. Um, but they really hold up. Love that. And they're so smooth. Yeah. They're very They're delightful. I never want to. I never miss a ride on a stunt coaster. That's funny because I feel like even when it comes to Kings, one. when we go to Kings Island, and there was a window during the pandemic when the Kings Island a lot. Yeah, um, it was one of those rides we honestly kind of almost always rode. It was yeah, just I never wanted to miss that. No one. disappointment on Backlot Stunt Coaster mm-hmm. for sure. Now Backlot Stunt Coaster, as we kind of just giggled at, that's not really like a land it's part of. But it does. It's very distinct. It's practically like it's is like this little slice jungle expedition. And jungle expedition is home to the newest Tumbili, um, the rethemed Reptilian, and the classic Anaconda. We'll start with the Anaconda real quick because Anaconda is bay. It's not the best Aero Looper, and like back when all of the Aero Loopers were still open, people would shit on Anaconda so bad for like. Not being as ambitious or like not being as smooth or not aging as well. But look who's still here, bitches. It's still open because it was sturdier than a lot of the other ones that came before it. Like, I'm a little upset that like we lost Vortex and like some of these other Aero Loopers. But 
At least we have Anaconda, which is like beautiful, aesthetic. It was certainly unique relative to its uh, contemporaries. So uh, Anaconda's layout is, like I always mentioned, kind of unique, having a not super steep slope drop, underwater tunnel with a splash effect if it's working, vertical loop, sidewinder, and a straight into a mid-course break point. Like, there was any time to get a train out onto the lift by then. Um, I don't know why they built it. <laughs> I, I, I really don't have any answers. And then there's a weird butterfly element, double course through back to the station. Doesn't do a whole lot, but it is beautifully located yeah. on the lake or water, whatever you want to call that. Mm-hmm. The queue goes over the little water, you know, and you hear all the frogs. It's kind of a cute vibe. I will say I do not love it as much as I used to. I was very disappointed on this trip. I was thinking, like, it's just not running that well. On our first trip to Kings, Kings Dominion, oh, my God, it was, like, my favorite thing. Now, I actually prefer Loch Ness Monster over it. Don't hate me, everyone. I think most people actually agree. I used to be a, like, Anaconda fan. I used to love it. Not anymore. I love Anaconda, and I thought our rides on Anaconda were amazing. And I don't know what you're on, but, like... I know, I have arrows tattooed on my body. Like It's not like I don't love my arrow coasters. I'm very sad that your Anaconda rides... Like, well, we that's were, if I love right this monster experience again better. Lock this monster was okay. okay. I mean, I still like Anaconda better, but I don't know. I just thought I, Anaconda, for me, like, it was exactly what I remembered it being like, and I was so satisfied and so happy. But um, I also couldn't focus on it as much this time because I was, for me, I was I was enjoying Intimidator. Uh, I will say it was cute around. to photograph. It's a really cute Cute ride, honestly. It's an enigma- enigmatic ride. I also in the area is Tumbili, which is the newest coaster, which is an SNS free spin. The little one. Love that ride, actually. The uh, nice thing is it doesn't spin too much, which I enjoy because um, rides like Arashi scare me. Arashi yeah. with this crazy flipping, I guess I'm scared. I'm well, literally scared. We went straight there to get the credit. I'm really glad we did, because there's people that we know who waited like an hour to ride that. Well, luckily, the line didn't seem too long all day, but it did get longer yeah. later in the day. Um, paint scheme on that ride? Incredible. So handsome. So That ride beautiful. has such a great presence. It's so cute. And um, we rode it first thing, and I was like, oh my god, please don't be like a pain in the ass. Like nauseating experience because it was just like first thing and I'm like I didn't want to start it with like too much it's like I wasn't awake yet we had a flip once and I was actually kind of grateful for that I, I enjoyed did we just do one single flip or no I don't even recall doing a flip oh well yeah out of way, it maybe really wasn't that intense we did but I was just relieved when it I was like oh that was easy like, and I wish more roller coasters would be painted using kind of like a um, a thematic paint scheme where in this case, the pores look like giant bamboo shoots, mm-hmm. and then the track is green. It worked so well, and I will say they really dressed up the area nicely. And for Tumbili, they rethemed the whole area. It's gorgeous. It's one of those like newer Cedar Fair projects that Great America has been so good at that I'm like, yeah, I'm really into it. It just looks it looks handsome. It's it's mm-hmm. a great ride. Probably the most beautiful SNS free spin out there. It oh, really just yeah. looks so handsome. It's a cute ride, off ride as well. And then for the occasion, they rethemed Ava, Avalanche completely, which is the Meg Bobstead coaster. One of the better ones, by the way. Now we've written a bunch, mm-hmm. and I've gone back. Because that was our first one. Now I've written a couple more, and now I'm like, yeah, this is actually oh, really strong. good. It's in the upper echelon. Of- yeah, because I prefer it over Rogue Parks, for example. Yeah. I still may like Trust to Hurrah better. 
And I definitely like the Hyde Park one better. But it's still up there because the nice thing it's about... It's better than Blackpool's and it's better than Europa's. Europa's. And the nice thing about Avalanche is, or um, Reptilian is that you have kind of a small first half, but then the second half, it's long and it doesn't let up. Like, it just keeps going. It has that double helix figure eight situation going on. Beautiful new color, beautiful trains, mm-hmm. lots of new theming. Really happy with it. Yeah, the, the longer, even though, like... The, the bobsled at Haida Park and Park Asterix are incredible rides. In fact, I think I remember we after riding Aval- after Reptilian, we were like, no, actually, maybe we do like that one better than Trastuvara. I don't know, it's hard, because they're very different. But like, Oh, you know what? I think Trastuvara I yeah. and, to a lesser extent, the bobsled at Haida Park are like constant break-run moments. Like, it, like Trastuvara feels like it's just a bunch of, like, Little ribbons of track connected by these giant brake run sequences. And it's still an amazing ride in its own right, but I love that Reptilian has one mid-course brake run. It doesn't feel like a disjointed, chopped-up ride experience that's more focused on running five trains at once than it is about, like... Showing its riders a good time. Because, yeah, Trasura, because of all of its brake runs, it loses speed so quick. There's elements where I'm like, I'm not doing anything with just, like, rolling through this. But then on um, Hyder Parks, and definitely on, on Reptilian, you just go through these elements so quick. It, like, makes that bobsled coaster very thrilling and exciting. And I still remember kind of seeing Sparks when I rode it at night in mm-hmm. 2018. And I always yeah. remember, I'm like, oh, my God, I seeing Sparks. Like, it's so crazy. Yeah. Great ride. Like, it's really underrated. And I think in my grand appreciation for that park altogether, it's probably in my top three at the whole park. It's definitely an excellent ride. It's aging really well. It's finally getting the attention that it deserves. And of all the Mac bobsleds, it seems like the one that is the least brake run happy. Because, like, the one at Europa Park is great. But, God, like, you hit that brake run, and then you do, like, a brake run tour of the entire ride. You might go through four different brake runs before you finally get to the station. You know, and it's funny you mention that because if you look at all the elements in a row, the Robo Park one and Reptilian are actually one of the they're more, they're quite, yeah. quite familiar. And they even kind of have the same, kind of like a boxy layout overall. Yeah. But then the Reptilian manages to somehow feel that much better than the Robo Park one. Yeah. It's pretty shocking. And, um, but yeah, I think aside from just the constant brake runniness of, of a lot of them, even the one at Hyde Park, because it ends with a lift hill. It ends with, like, three brake runs and a lift hill. This is the one, the one, bar, the one bobsled that doesn't feel like it's 50% brake run and lift hill. Um, so it's really quite lovely, and uh, the paint job is great, and I look forward. There's the big gaping maw left behind by uh, Volcano, but um, it's... Definitely only a matter of time before they, they strike with hopefully something really, really massive that will appropriately replace um, Volcano with the vacancy that it left. Um, but yeah, now we, we, I think we've completed our jungle expedition. Now it's time for Special Corner. So Special Corner, which is not the official name of the park. It's just in the liner notes. Sephora, it's Special it's Corner. It's Special Corner. <laughs> It's real special because so it has special. a fear and like the best gear coaster ever created in Tim 305. Yeah. Don't add me. Um, let's start with Flight of Fear because Flight of Fear is a cute look because it has a lot of good theming in the queue. Though I will say this Flight of Fear, the downside is, is that they have permanently put a maze in there that is only open during um, Halloween Haunt, which means that the queue itself, you can't really appreciate the giant mirror with the UFO 
that makes it look like a giant UFO yeah. standing there because you're so close to it at all times. All the original theming is turned on and it is, you know, it is a vibe. The music is there. Um, I just wish you could appreciate that room better because it's a spectacular space. Yeah, definitely. Um, the biggest difference between this one and the one at Kings Island, I think, is Kings Island is still pitch black, right? And this one, it's it's got ambient lighting. I think they it. both have ambient lighting. Did they? Yeah. Oh, gosh. No, I can't remember. No, I think King's Island is still, like, still pitch black. dark and silent. King's Dominions has, like, a, some colored lights. Just and a couple. awesome sound And that great scene. soundtrack. The soundtrack the makes me like this one so much because you write it, and there's just, there's, like, this ambiance in that show building. So, obviously, the station's cool, and you launch, and... It's not a super intense launch, but, you know, it's cool. I love being on the mid-course and admiring the ride around you. Exactly. And then you launch into it, and there's this, like, a, a purple-yellow haze kind of around the show mm-hmm. building. And it, you're meant to see the track, and I think it did that because it is a, a aggressive ride that's not very comfortable, and I'm sure people are smacking around, like, ragdolls in there. And so I think that they kind of want to help you anticipate the elements because you can see everything you're doing in this black track. But I kind of like that about it. And then, like Alex said, you get to the mid-course break run and you just look around you and you get to admire all of what the ride does. And this sound score is playing. This is kind of like celestial score mm-hmm. as you make your way back all the way down to the final version. Yeah, great ride. I, I, like, I like all the Flight of Fears, indoor, yeah. outdoor, whatever. All of them are cool. But I think I like this one maybe even the best now I think about it. I, think, I hope they do something like what King's Island did where they did like set up. Sector 72 or whatever for they when they added Orion they gave it like mm-hmm. kind of a an Area 51 yeah I think it's Area thing. 72 Area 72 that's what it is Intimidator 305 is perfect in every way except that the theme is weird I don't have a problem with NASCAR it's just that at this point in the game like I wish they would just let it go and give it a fucking celestial theme like Orion so I'm a little bit surprised that they because Kings Island has always been very good about having space-themed or, like, government project-themed roller coasters in their little area back there. Yeah, because Firehawk, Firehawk was, was also, also, like, an Air like Force-themed kind of thing. And then, you know, now you have... Um, Orion. Orion, a space-themed roller coaster. This works, two space-themed rides. I feel like Intimidator 305 being a race car-themed ride when it's also, like, a little... But it opened, like, the Tosh ride in a world that wasn't you know, yeah. under the lift hill or whatever. I'm like, it's kind of weird. Yeah. But now I especially feel that given racing is not really that cute of a theme anymore, no hate, but it's just like, it's played out a little it bit. It was never particularly cute, but it was like culturally reverent being the... And now the, the track is just fading so hard on I-305 that I feel like this is a great opportunity to just repaint the whole thing. Even like a black and silver, like something stark, something shocking. The... Sorry, the red and yellow was really beautiful. I will not lie. It was striking for a tall ride. But maybe in a way, I kind of wish it was uh, like a more of a stark, kind of like a dark coloration. Yeah. Even though I kind of am happy that those 90s black and gray scales are gone. That's one of the few rides where I'm like, oh, it would kind of work, though, in this kind of space. You know, like it's such an intense ride. It, it knocks you, you know, most people gray out on it. It's not just any ride. It's I-305. That thing messes yeah. you up. It's intense. It's scary. Every time you go down a drop, you're like, why do I do it? Why do I do this? You know, like in a good way. You know what I would love for them to do is retheme it, rename it, except instead of really renaming it, just rename it I-305. Yeah, I-305 with a lowercase with a, I. Yeah, I-305. Mm. So that's what everyone calls it anyway. 
and then give and then I three hundred five instead of it being related to Intimidator, <laughs> have I three hundred five is like you know secret government project missile thing or surveillance Ooh, yeah. drone or okay. something, and just call it I three hundred five. Yeah, I liked it. Um, Dark blue trains, yeah, sure. Yeah. And then gray supports and black track, like like you know what I'm referencing um, Express Platform Thirteen. Mm-hmm. That color scheme, silver and blue or silver and red trains. Mm-hmm. I mean, bring it to me. Not us armchair engineering. We just recorded the armchair engineering for <laughs> Universal, Universal Studios, Studios Florida. Florida, and now I feel myself. But when I look at Intimidator, I feel like the ride's magnificence is a little bit squandered by the, the irreverence of the theme. I mean, it works for the South. Dale Earnhardt is great. You know, whatever. Sports is sports. It's fine. Cars are fast. You know, it's whatever. But I just think at this point they could do something different. I think... Cedar, cohesion is something that matters more to Cedar Fair now than it has ever mattered. And King's Dominion is, like, demonstrated that they are ready to flesh out the park in a thematic way. And they're very close to everything having a place and every place having its themes. It's just that the special corner and, uh, and, and, and the Italian job that need to be addressed. I will say on the topic of I-305 is that it's just in the grand scheme of roller coasters that we've ridden everywhere in the world. It's just up there. It's one of those rides where every single time I am on that lift hill, just racing up the doors of the sky, I'm like, My this ride speak. is insane. Like, why do I... I ask myself, why do I do this to myself? Because I love the ride. Don't get me wrong. But it's just so intense that, like, I will gray out. The more I ride it, the more I gray out. And then I come out back to the stage absolutely loving it. Like, yeah. it's such a good ride. Probably my favorite Giga now, I would say. I would probably rank it as my favorite. Steel Dragon it's 2000 one of my favorite is intimates, period. one that I love, but I think I'd have to give it to I-305. It's kind of one of those rides, like, there's a reason there's one. Like, people yeah. aren't just going to do this. Like, it's kind of like Sky Rush. It's so niche. The line for I-305 is practically non-existent. I don't think I've ever been there right have to wait in line for it. Yeah. More than a couple trains, because... You cannot put your grandma on that. You can't yeah. put your kid on it. You can only put, like, healthy adults on it. That, and a lot of people ride it. it. They ride it once, and they're like, all right, I'm done with that. And that it's is- so intense, so good. And you hear people talk about how they completely blacked out, and I'm like, yeah, I create yeah. out on that thing, too. And I ride roller coasters, like, every week. Love that ride, though. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, those transitions, I think it's- the air, the blacking out, everything. I think it's appreciated in value very quickly. Because when it first... Don't- about that? Well, I think that it's it's because... I think when you build something like that, it was such a hit. You think like, oh, there's going to be other parks that do this. Now it's become abundantly clear that other parks are not doing this. Intimate is not building. They have not built another ride of this Quite like style. It, yeah. Sky Rush is just as intense, but it's a very it's like a mini different version of kind it, but of But you ride. see the same kind of like lift up system. Yeah. yeah. So Intimidator really is truly one of a kind, which is something that I appreciate so much more on this visit than I did in 2018. 2018, it was like, it was the hype, it was the focus, it was, you know, everybody loves it, but for me, I was like, well, is it going to always be this special, or is like, is it just a stepping stone in the, like, natural progression of Giga Coasters? And really, it, it wasn't. I think in 2018, that was already becoming very clear, because that's eight years after, right, like, that launches, and I feel, generally yeah. speaking, when a ride comes out that is a successful... Um, manageable. Yeah, it doesn't take um, eight years. You know, usually. that's by then you're going to see rides following it pretty quick. And I think the issue that they had with having to reconstruct part of the ride because it was so intense that it was less intense, adding brakes, all that kind of stuff. 
Um, I think that was enough indication that this product line maybe wasn't that was going to be. I think the contract is Skyrush around that time, and that because it's so similar in many ways when you think about it, it's very similar. Yeah. It just uses different trains and perhaps different skill. I think it became very clear very quick that that product line was just too much. And they've obviously been really successful with all their new intimates. And the first episode of the season discusses four of the brand new mega launchers that they've done. So clearly it went somewhere because the track type survived, the, the support style survived, the train survived. Like all that survived. It's just that the grandness and the craziness has been turned into a, maybe a variety of different elements and yeah. why it's killing, you know? Yeah. I would say that like Intamin was has improved their ability to give their clients what their audience wants, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Because I three oh five is just so niche. Skyrush is incredibly niche. These parks want rides that are more that are more approachable and rewritable. Things that not not rides that are gonna overwhelm people and leave them you know, sitting on a bench for half an hour. So <laughs> it's like, so like I get it, but I get, and, and you're right. Like when we first wrote it, like that was, it was probably already abundantly clear that another ride like that wasn't going to be built, but I just couldn't appreciate it for enough until I think this time around, I was like, no, this really is something very special. But I think there, there are just times they just stumble upon a ride and you're like, there's a reason they don't build them like this anymore. And this mm-hmm. is just one of those rides. It's just, a one-off and I love it and I hope it never goes anywhere and that's my number one ride at that park and uh, I guess on that topic my I'm just going to get my top three real quick I think realistically my top three currently is um, Intimidator Dominator and And Reptilian Reptilian. it's just uh, each are really like good in their own class they are really powerful rides in the lineup and they're honestly quite unique in the American Coaster scheme because even though we've got Florida's Coasters at every damn Six Flags Park you can't avoid them um, this is just such a unique Florida's coaster. And then obviously the bobsled coaster like that, we only have one in the, in the in North America. All the mm-hmm. other ones are the old Intamin ones. And then there's nothing like R3 or 5 in the world. Yeah. So those three are just uh, Kings and Minions, Power Trio, in my opinion. And I know many people would include yeah. Twisted Timbers in that, but I'm just not that big of an RMC. Yeah. For me, my top five, I guess, oh, would, include, five would include those and would also include Anaconda, and Grizzly? Maybe Grizzly. Or I Grizzly. really... Or maybe Flight of Fear. I mean, <gasps> Flight, Flight of Fear is Fear also is so very good. good. Hard to choose. My top five would then include Flight of Fear and... And not Anaconda, because oh. you're breaking my heart. I could probably say really? Okay, I was like, it better be your probably top Anaconda. five. Please, yes. Yeah. Okay, so we could agree on a top five in some capacity. I don't know if they'd be in the same order. <laughs> we can agree that I three hundred five is is our favorite. It's number there. one, and but um, okay, so let's rank it. Let's rank the park itself in the grand scheme of Cedar Fair parks, then, because I already kind of mentioned early in the episode that I think that the Experiment parks are the best Cedar Fair parks. Sorry, Kings. Uh, sorry, sorry, Cedar Point lovers. I think Cedar Point's lineup is cute, but the park itself lacks any sort of soul. Yeah. Like you couldn't suck a soul out of it because it doesn't have one. Um, and like we love Knott's Berry Farm and we will defend Knott's Berry Farm but Knott's Berry Farm is a really well-rounded park I think objectively speaking let's be very honest I still think Knott's Berry Farm is Cedar Fair's best park but with currently Accelerator being down for two years you've got Monsoon's Events that's down 
Uh, they're just very, just in, they're just very in flux right now. Yeah. And like, I'm not the only one who's like lost their patience with the accelerator situation. So I'm not like quite as quick to declare knots as my fave. It's sort of just on standby right now. We really haven't been in a while. So, I guess there's not much to track to me. Yeah, I will see. Like, I will say between the theming of the dark rides and the rapids ride yeah. and the lock flume, not far from is still like the best. I think the best park objectively, best rounded. It it's definitely with Disneyland, yeah. Right? It definitely exists in a different it's universe like its own than the category. other ones. Like yeah. you have like your your cedar fed categories. In my opinion, you have not far from is kind of like the top tier category. And you've yeah. got your experiment parks, and then you've got your your. Cedar Fair loves you more than the bottom parks, yeah. old Cedar Fair parks, and you've got, like, the bottom set, yeah. you know? Um, but having said that, objectively, I think it may be second or third in the chain, perhaps with a low King's Island, because I still believe that King's Island's lineup may be a little bit better, between having bats in the woods, and you've got Banshee's a great invert, and you have Beast and Adventure Express in the woods. I, I just think that overall, perhaps the lineup is better, and, but that's a maybe, it's in the top three for me anyway. I think King's Island, King's Dominion, and Knott's are top three. And then Cedar Park. Yeah, those no are hate, the top but... three for me, too. King's Dominion really, really wowed me this time. We had such a great day. To we the point where blast. it was really obvious to me that it was my favorite collection of coasters at any Cedar Fair Park. And... Um, like I, I'm, I'm so used to Kings Island being my favorite, but I have to remind myself that that Vortex is gone. It is not there anymore. Vortex was my favorite coaster there. It is gone. I've been there. We've been there since it was demolished, and I still like struggle to recall that. And also, Firehawk is gone, and we love Firehawk. Yeah, sure. And but now I mean, we they have, get a giga. We have Orion, which is like. You know, it's not... We don't hate it. Remember, we bought yeah. a bunch of merch for I mean, it, we, Yeah, I like Orion, but it's not... No, I would trade it back for Vortex. <laughs> so, I would trade it back for Firehawk and... I would trade it back for... I would trade it back for a lot of things. I didn't say that, <laughs> I didn't say that on record. Um, um, <laughs> but, so, for me, Kings Dominion just took me out this time. Like, I was so impressed with their lineup this time that it was, like, without a shadow of a doubt, my preferred park over Kings Island. Okay, in this interesting. Because I'm just... Kings Island just doesn't do a whole lot for me right now with their new coasters. I guess Kings Dominion doesn't either, because Tumbili and Twisted Timbers are not exactly, like, my cup of tea either. But Kings Island, for me, now is missing, like, a clearer object of my affection without Vortex. I will say that now it's kind of awkward, because I feel like it's missing a straight-up looper. Like, yeah. I know that they have Banshee at Kings Island... But it's, you know, an invert. I still feel like it's a regular sit-down loop yeah. where it's kind of lacking It's got Flight of Fear, but it's a launch coaster. But fingers crossed that maybe it'll get a big Vacoma looper. King's Dominion has got the straight-up looper game down. They've got Dominator, they've got Vortex, they have Twisted Timbers. Yeah. They've got Flight of Fear. They've got four excellent looping coasters that, that are not, that don't rely on gimmicks. They just have great ride layouts and do some interesting things. And they're missing an invert. King's Island's got... Not one, but two great inverts. Yeah. So that's they they have their strengths. Yeah, because Volcano checked that box for sure. Yeah. It was gimmicky, but it was definitely a yeah. cool launcher, and it was a cool invert. So uh, I want to discuss some big weaknesses, and then we'll finish up with, with the biggest strengths of Kings Dominion. I think for me, the weaknesses include there are some areas where I'm like, you couldn't be less inspired to theme this if you tried. 
There is a giant plaza that's technically part of Candy Apple Grove that used to house Supersonic XLC. Yeah. That's kind of like this giant asphalt pad, and I'm like, the surface of the sun has visited us because I'm dying over it's there. So and it wasn't even that hot out. If you can imagine it, it was worse. It used to be worse. They planted trees there where the supports had been for, for uh, the tower. Yeah. And then I found that their tower ride's not operating, being a little bit annoying. I'm yeah. like, okay, one, I understand. Two, is like, not cute. But all three, that's too much for me. Um, I think that's my biggest criticism of the park. It could, I will say that the walkway from International Street past Dominator to the Picnic Grove from Boo Hill is kind of uninspired, but it's not terrible. It's not a long walk. Get a nice view of Dominator. Dominator is a very basic ride on the field. Definitely felt that they could put yeah. it there after Jaga Lake to have something to compete with Bush Gardens. Kinzel. They had some space for it. Very Cedar Ferry, as in like, it's kind of like a um, Cedar Point vibe where yeah. like switchbacks, minimal grass, and a Giving big steel roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, it's very like, it's very old Cedar Ferry. Like, yeah. That's what I mean when I say like that tier of like... Below Paramount Parks, where it's Cedar Point and the other big boys. Yeah. And then below that, you have the ones nobody cared about anymore. Yeah. That's that's kind of the vibe that ride's giving. It's very much like a timestamp, like a boop, Cedar Fair arrives yeah, timestamp. It's giving you know? Michigan's adventure. Yeah, exactly. Or like, you know, even yeah. given its size and its, its look, almost like a Cedar Point vibe. Like, it's yeah. very, very matter of fact, very straightforward, but it lacks kind of like an identity. Yeah. If that makes sense. Totally. That's our biggest weaknesses, I think, for me. For me, the park just has a disjointedness uh, with, like, some of the lingering Paramount. Like, like sorry, Paramount, yeah. Pa- Paramount, like, really threw caution to the wind when it came to the identities of the areas of the parks and then, like, whatever franchise they were trying to promote when it was out our limits. They're like, we're putting a space-themed roller coaster here. We don't care if it's related to the theme or not. And Cedar Fair did nothing to, like, challenge that for quite some time because Intimidator was, you know, all Cedar Fair, and it was definitely a Paramount-level disregard, a Premier Park Six Flags-era disregard for a themed area and the rides that they were putting in it. So I think what King's Dominion... King's Dominion's in great shape, and their their trajectory is awesome, it's basically, they need to just keep doing what they're doing. And as long as they do that, I think a lot of their weaknesses, at least that are an issue for me, my issues with the park, what I think are the weaknesses, are going to take care of themselves. And then, aside from what you've already covered, they, they, now they just need an invert again. Yeah. An invert, or I would sell for a wing coaster. Oh my god, we would love a wing coaster. Um, but not that weird... Not that weird proposed one though. If I want a wing yeah, coaster, not a shitty wing coaster. Get, I want like a big. I mean, the Hucko model, like in its full shape. Get, get me a launched B and M wing coaster. Get me a, a Thunderbird, but like a different layout, longer maybe, and with a, a launch, a wavy launch like pipeline. Now yeah, I'm just now I'm just sense. asking for random shit, but like <laughs> I would like dear Santa Claus. Yeah, give me something that's a cross between pipeline and Thunderbird, maybe a little longer, and we're in business. <laughs> um, biggest strengths for me at the park I will say I think the lineup is very well rounded yeah I think they have besides an invert which you already mentioned like 10 times now it's just well balanced you got your launch coasters you got your inverters you have your woodies uh, super intense woodies you've got family friendly roller coasters you have 
Um, riots that are so intense, you really wonder who will approve that. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of balance. It's kind of nice. And the park has enough spread out throughout that it doesn't feel like one side of the park is better than the other. Though I will say that um, all things considered, the left side of the park is yeah. stronger between Dominator <laughs> and I threw a five fight of fours. You know, like all yeah. those. There is a, here, a you know? density of roller coasters. Yeah, in that it's park a lot in one crazy. spot. Yeah, there is like I mean. When so when um when volcano was still open, you had aside from the scrambler, you had six major roller coasters in a row. Like you had the bobsled, you had volcano, you had flight of fear, you had intimidator, you had anaconda, you had backlash sun coaster with nothing between them except a scrambler. Which in my mind, I'm like, this is my dream. This is like roller coaster tycoon, where you just build nothing but roller coasters in your perfect dream park. Um, in reality, it makes a little more sense for it to, uh, be diversified beyond just roller coasters after roller coasters after roller coasters. Um, but when we were there, I was really basking in it. I loved getting my locker at Flight of Fear and being able to hit like seven roller coasters within a reasonable walking distance. Um, and so, and it, you know, it, it works for Kings Dominion great, but it works for me too. So, uh, I look forward to them, uh, keeping that up and, bringing the uh, expedition, God, Jungle Expedition, um, into its second phase of development, um, hopefully bringing another coaster and, and hopefully a fly ride, too, I think would be nice. Well, they have that one fly ride. I think about the Scrambler. Yeah, is that the, the spider-themed one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Arach- um, Arachnidia. Another big focus for my for biggest strength is that the park's very clean. Staff's very nice. Operations were pretty decent. Weren't amazing, but they were decent. Um, but biggest thing Polished. is just like it's just like a clean experience. And that, if I was thought that was the case with both Kings Island, Kings Dominion, California, Great America, you just walk in there. It looks maintained, looks clean, looks large, but it has a purpose. Even you know, like every space is used. Not a whole lot of abandoned stuff, and you know, especially criticizing here on Six Flags Park. You know, speaking, there's just so much that I'm like, this hasn't been maintained or it isn't in use anymore. They find some use for everything. At King's Dominion, even if it means another gift store with the same, you know, same stuff, at least it seems functional. It's open. There's someone staffed inside of it. They build a bear, Starbucks, whatever they got to do with it. It works. I like the park. It's clean. It's pleasant to walk around. Is it a super joyful park to walk around? It's still a little concretey. It's still a Cedar Fair park. Yeah. But it's a really pretty one at that. And I think with that, I'm, uh, I got my biggest strengths out of the way. Do you have any strengths to add? No, I think you've covered it. Well, with that, we're going to wrap up this Inside King's Dominion episode. We'll see you next week on our next episode. Mm -hmm. We've got lots coming with the season. I think we have a list of like 20-plus topics already. So keep you busy every week. Make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening. If you're listening on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, we do ask you to leave a review. It would tremendously help us out. Five stars preferably if you love us. If not, you did not listen to Ghost Against Radio. This was some other podcast. If not five stars, please send me an email. Yeah, please. I think that's just on social media. But you can do on threads, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, or just simply an email at info.thecoastkings.com. Don't forget to check out our website with new updates, articles, all the good stuff on thecoastkings.com. And we'll catch you next week. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.